I'm going to begin reading at verse 11 of Acts chapter 12. Follow along with me if you would. And when Peter was come to himself, he said, Now I know of a surety that the Lord hath sent his angel and hath delivered me out of the hand of Herod and from all the expectation of the people of the Jews. And when he had considered the thing, he came to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose surname was Mark, where many were gathered together praying. And as Peter knocked at the door of the gate, a damsel came to hearken named Rhoda. And when she knew Peter's voice, she opened not the gate for gladness, but ran in and told how Peter stood before the gate. And they said unto her, Thou art mad or insane. But she constantly affirmed that it was even so. Then said they, It is his angel. But Peter continued knocking. And when they had opened the door and saw him, they were astonished. But he, beckoning unto them with the hand to hold their peace, declared unto them how the Lord had brought him out of the prison. And he said, Go show these things unto James and to the brethren. And he departed and went into another place. Father, we come before you right now and we thank you for the word of God. It truly is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. And on this great, great super day that we celebrate your goodness and your mercy, we pray, God, that you would open our hearts and minds to hear, to receive, and to respond to the word of God. Thank you for each and every one that has gathered here. May their faith be encouraged and challenged today in Jesus' precious and holy name. And the church said, amen. Today I want to talk about the other side of the door. Last week, last Sunday morning, we spent our time talking about the window. We talked about David and Michelle, his wife, on opposite sides of the window. Uh, one Michelle on the high side looking down with disdain on her kingly husband as he laid aside his royal garments and his regal attire, and he celebrated with the common people the returning presence of Jehovah to the city. I asked you the question last week, which side of the window are you on? Are you the worshiper that's down here with the rest of us who are just enjoying Jesus? Or do you find yourself on the high side of the window of pride, critiquing our enjoyment of God's Spirit? You see, one thing, as elementary as this sounds, some things I know about windows is that they are made for seeing in and out of. You can look into a room through a window. You can look to the outside through a window. You can gather a sense of activity on the inside and on the outside based upon the lens of that window that you're looking through. That's why it uh, has led to phrases like, I'm sure you've heard, those who live in glass houses cannot throw stones. What does that mean? That means do not criticize or slander another if you are vulnerable to retaliation. Don't be so quick to judge 
because people can see into your life as well, and that favor of judgment is likely to return if you judge others. It's that window thing, that ability to see the other side. But what about the other side of the door? You see, whereas the window reminds us of vulnerability and exposure, the door stands for protection, and it's that solid steel or, or wood uh, fortress, kind of that completion uh, to, that, to that element. It's a whole lot easier to break a window than it is to bust down a door. Whereas window can easily stand for clarity and vision, the door stands for privacy and uncertainty. Sometimes you just don't know what's happening on the other side of the door. The door in this narrative today stands for a barrier uh, to the miracle. Let me give you a little historical context. If you've studied the Bible, you know that there were 12 apostles that were really uh, called, chosen by the Lord, and traveled with the Lord everywhere that he went. But there were three that were an inner circle of the Lord, and their names were Peter, James, and John. Jesus has now ascended to heaven, and the Holy Spirit outpouring has taken place, and the gospel is being preached in the known world. And there's an evil king by the name of Herod who is anti-Christian. He's doing everything he can to stop this movement. And the best way to stop it is to start with this trio of leaders that are leading this movement called Christianity. With the authority and the power that he has, he plans on strategically eliminating one after another until he shuts this thing down. And so the Bible says he gave the command. And, and, and simply James, the brother of John and very close friend of Peter, was suddenly beheaded with the sword, decapitated due to key evil King Herod's command. Now, when you look at this verse and you study it out, you, you feel sorry for James's family. And you wonder, at least I do, how it is that, you can, that God spared Peter's life and John's life, and yet James had to die. It's mind-boggling for me because when I read the personalities of James and, and Peter, I find James was much less vocal than the erratic Peter, the up-and-down Peter. It seems that the gospel witness of James would obviously be more consistent and steady than that of Peter's, and yet he died much earlier than Simon Peter did. And of course, we trust the sovereignty of God, and we must remember that outside of Stephen, who was stoned to death earlier, James would be the first apostle to see the glorified Jesus. Well, King Herod watches and sees that it pleases the people that he's beheaded James, and so his plan is to execute Peter the next day. He has him arrested and he's going to kill him the following day. But then the miracle takes place. And I want to I uh, highlight a couple things about this particular miracle. Peter is imprisoned. Now you got to understand, Peter is an experienced prisoner. This is the third time that he has been thrown
thrown into prison. He could easily start a prison ministry. I mean, he's pretty common thrown into prison. And if you look in Acts chapter 4, uh, chapters earlier, he and John are thrown into prison. If you look at Acts chapter 5, you will find that all the apostles, including Peter, were thrown into prison. I mean, this is becoming a regular occurrence for Simon Peter, not because he was breaking God's law, but because he was angering the devil. When I compared these experiences, these prison experiences of Peter, uh, I found some things rather fascinating. On the third time, he is completely alone. The first time, he was imprisoned with John, his closest friend. The second time, all of the apostles were thrown in prison uh, together. But here, he is thrown in jail uh, by himself. The second observation about this imprisonment, it seems like this time the deliverance did not come right away, uh, whereas other times it seemed to happen a little more quickly. Another observation is that other times afforded him opportunities to witness uh, to unbelievers, but not this time. The first time when he was thrown in prison, the unbelieving authorities, he confronted them with boldness. The second time when all the apostles were thrown into prison, they when they were delivered, they were uh, placed in the temple where they witnessed to all of the people. Uh, but this time, there is, no, there is no great witness to unbelievers that's going to take place. Um, previous arrests had taken place after great victories. Uh, the first time, 5,000 people had been saved. Uh, the second time, miracles had been abundant. Even Peter's shadow was bringing healing through the power of Christ to people's bodies. Uh, but this time, he's arrested after a loss. He's lost one of his closest friends. This time was the most intense and somber of all the imprisonments. And so I imagine that his rationale and his thought was, this time I'm not going to get away. This is the third time I've been in prison, and this time my head is probably going to roll tomorrow, just like James's head rolled today. So he no doubt thought that this was the time that execution was going to take place. And what absolutely blows my mind here is that Peter imprisoned between two soldiers at a time, bound with chains and with death staring at him the next day, and yet he is able to fall asleep. How can this be? How can the man sleep if he thinks that he's going to be executed the next day? I'll tell you how it can happen. While he was kept in prison, he was also kept in prayer. While he was kept in chains, he was also kept in peace. While he was kept in shackles, he was kept with the promise that Jesus had made to him that he would die the death like Jesus and that now was not the time. I got to tell you and confess, if I was facing execution tomorrow, I'm not sure that I could sleep tonight, but thanks be unto God, the potential is still there. I'm reminded of what the psalmist said in Psalms 127 and 2 that you give your beloved sleep. Let me just stop here and say to someone this morning, it doesn't matter what the trials are, what the anxiety level in, it doesn't matter how much conflict you find yourself in. I'm telling you there is potential for you to lay your head on the feathery pillow tonight and sleep a sweet sleep because the presence of Jesus is what keeps you. I like the way the psalmist wrote it in Psalms 4.8. He said, 
I will lay me down in peace and sleep for you, Lord, only make me to dwell in safety. Thanks be unto God for peace that you and I can have that no matter what kind of day we have had prior to, when we lay down in the presence of the Lord, we can sleep and be refreshed the next day. I don't know how it was that Peter was able to sleep, but I know that Peter slept so soundly that God's glorious light didn't wake him up. I know that Peter slept so soundly, Brother Tony, that the angel had to come in and smite him on the side just to wake him up. I'm telling you right now, that's the kind of sleep that we all should be enjoying because no man can pluck me out of the hand of God. The devil can't get to me. The devil can't have me. I'm a child of the king. So anxiety and fear should fall at our side and we should rest in the presence of the Lord. Amen. Amen and amen. We read further and we find that, that God brought him out of the prison and he's literally led to the house where there's been a prayer meeting going on just for him. One moment he's in the middle of a prison guard. The next moment he's in the middle of a praying church, a church that has been praying intensely, continuously, intercessory prayer. These humble Christians, they knew that prayer can open and shut the heavens. They knew that prayer has vanquished armies. They knew that prayer had saved kingdoms and prayer had raised the dead. I'm telling you, we pray for much at prayer meetings. And at that prayer meeting, it was an all-night prayer meeting. All their faith and all their focus was upon Peter's deliverance. Can I tell you that God answered their prayer? I want you to know something. That night they prayed and their prayers sent the angel to exactly the right cell block. Can I tell you that night when they prayed, their prayers went and opened the iron gate as a response to their prayers. Can I tell you, because they prayed, the guards kept right on sleeping while he was delivered. Can I tell you, because they prayed, their prayers delivered the apostle Peter that was so dear to their heart. You can say it every week and it never gets old. God still does hear and answer prayer. Every one of you here are a miracle. You're an answer to someone and prayer. I like the way Thomas Watson said it. He said the angel fetched Peter out of prison, but it was prayer that fetched the angel. I'm telling you, oh Lord, let me say that again. It was an angel that fetched Peter out of prison, but it was prayer that moved the arm of God that dispatched an angel to rescue Peter and set him free. Now let me quickly get to where I want to get to this morning. I want you to get this. Many people are praying. And never forget there's power in numbers. If one can put a thousand to flight, two can put ten thousand to flight. And where two or three are gathered in his name, Jesus promised that he would be there. And they were also praying earnestly. They were centering their attention on the deliverance of Peter. But what I, what I want to get to is that door, that front door, that barrier that kept them inside and protected, but also kept the answer to their prayers on the outside. Before the knock came, they wondered what is happening outside the door. God, are you moving? God, are you arranging things? 
hands? Are you working things out for our dear brother that we care so much about? We have to keep praying. We have to keep trusting. But this is what, what puzzles me. It's when the knock came and Peter's voice was heard, they still could not believe. And I submit it's because they could not see. They could not see through the door. I'm telling you, it's amazing God could get Peter out of prison, but Peter himself couldn't get into a prayer meeting. That's exactly what happened. The door was their barrier. And, and, and this is what came to me. Someone, someone had to go and open the door. Someone had to remove the barrier. Someone had to fling the gate open because the, the answer was on the other side of the door. I, I, as I thought about that, I thought we, we often, we often uh, God sends the answer, but we don't linger long enough praying for the miracle or believing when the miracle comes along. And, and here's what I see in this. Because the young damsel, it was suggested that she might be about 12 years old. When the knock came at the door, she was the one that went uh, to answer the door. And, and, and as I thought about that this week, I thought, you know, there was probably some very seasoned saints in that prayer meeting. Some that had served Jehovah for years. Some that were faithful followers. Some that were older in age and maybe spiritual and social maturity. But it was a 12-year-old girl that goes and, and answers the door. And, and she comes back and she says, it's Peter at the door. And these people that have been praying look at her and say, you have gone insane. You have gone mad. People that are much more experienced in their faith look at a 12-year-old. Now, I'm going somewhere. You better hold on. People that have, have been serving God a long time, people that have, have, have known Christ and see the miraculous power of Christ, and I'm telling you, this young believer comes along, and, and they don't look like us, dress like us, sound like us, don't sing the same songs that we do, but they're just on fire for Jesus. They just know that one day they were on their way to hell, and now they're on their way to heaven. They haven't figured out what the, all the 66 books of the Bible are. They don't know what the Pentateuch is if it hit them in the face. They don't know all the laws of Moses. They haven't got all of their habits under the blood yet. But one thing they know, they know that they're new in Christ. They know they have a peace they've never known before. They don't have to analyze it. They don't have to figure it out because they believe that on the other side of that door, God is going to work on their behalf. That's the kind of faith I want to see happen in my life. I've been serving God many years and I want to tell you something. The longer I'm in the way, it's the longer I'm in the way. And there's times I get to analyze it and trying to figure out how God's going to do it. And God says sometimes I just want to slap you upside the head and just say, why don't you just let me figure out how it's going to happen? And why don't you just believe that what's happening on the other side of that door is going to come to pass when you kick the door down and watch my miraculous power on your behalf <laughs> what does that mean that means you have to believe I refer to it often turned my life over about 10 years ago but Thomas said I got to see your hands and your feet before I believe you're the son of God. And a resurrected Jesus said, look at my hands. Look at my side where the sword went in. And he fell down on his knees and he said, 
my Lord and my God. Everybody thinks that's great. He saw the proof. But I like what Jesus said to him. He said, because you have seen, you have believed. And then he went on to pronounce a blessing. Blessed are those that have not seen, and yet they still believe. There's going to be people that's not going to put their hands in my nail-printed hands. There's going to be people that's not going to thrust their hand into my sore-riveted side. But they've heard the word. Something's ignited in their spirit. And so while they can't see it all happening, and there seems to be a lot of doors in their way, they believe that on the other side of that door, something great is getting ready to happen for them. prayed and you've called out the name of the Lord and God is saying I'm at work on the other side of the door behold I stand at the door and I knock but he is a gentleman he will not bust the door down it's up to you to fling it open it's up to you to kick it down to see to see the answer Come to pass. <laughs> you people that are young in the Lord, maybe young in age, maybe not. You know, you could be a young believer and still be an older person. Don't allow us seasoned saints to put your fire out. Come on now. <laughs> the door needs to be opened. The locks need to be removed. The hinges need to be taken off. They looked at Rhoda and they said, you are mad. You are insane. You are thinking things. You are hearing things. You are seeing things. <laughs> Guess what? Faith will have you thinking things that other people don't think. Faith will have you seeing things that other, th other people don't see. Faith will have you hearing things. You get a word from God and you go to share it with a brother in Christ. And watch their body language. If they're careful, they'll roll their eyes a second after you turn and walked away. Because they'll think you're a fruitcake. Now, I'm not saying there ain't fruitcakes. Fruitcakes just don't show up at Christmas time. They're around all year in the body. They show up. And they have some far-fetched, some crazy stuff going on. But I'm talking about a legitimate word from God. I'm talking about a legitimate promise made to you personally. Yes, the promises of God in him are yea and amen. And every one of the promises in this book, they have never failed. But I'm telling you, even in addition to the word of God, sometimes the Holy Spirit drops a promise into your heart. You can't see it. You can't understand it. You know that you've heard the voice of the Lord. Sometimes you're hesitant to share it. Sometimes you're not supposed to share it. Sometimes you're a rota. Sometimes there are answers on the other side of the door. Nobody else can hear it but you. But what I'm saying is you still got to hold on. You still got to believe. You still got to know that you know that you know that God who begun a good work in you will complete the work. And the miracle is on it's way, man.
she knew Peter's voice. She was so overwhelmed with gladness, she left him standing outside the door. She ran and shared the good news. Watch this. She didn't allow anyone to discourage her, even though the prayer warriors called her insane. Verse 15, listen to what it says. Rhoda constantly affirmed that it was even so. I don't care what you say to me. He's out there. I don't care about you rolling your eyes. The answer's out there. You live it. You breathe it. You sing it. You declare it. You that are battling cancer, you know what you do? You quote the word. You stand up. You square your shoulders. And you say, I shall not die, but I will live and declare the wondrous works of the Lord. I'm telling you, the oncologist doesn't have the final word. The family doctor doesn't have the final word. The banker doesn't have the final word. The one who is your provider, your protector, your healer, he's the one with the final word. You have to believe. <laughs> it's not enough to pray long and pray hard if you fail to believe what you just prayed. <laughs> Y'all love Jesus? Y'all love your pastor? Christians can be some of the most depressing people to be around. you're one of these people that is woeing me all the time, don't be surprised if people want to enter into very short conversations with you. Is that not the truth? My Lord, we're, we're all trying to run this race and finish this course. Last, we're all dealing with our own challenges. The last thing we need is to get drained by someone else that can't see the answer on the other side of the door is coming for them. And all they do is live in doom and gloom. God change us here today. God change some people's outlook today. Oh, yeah, we're going to have prayer. But I'm telling you, it takes more than just prayer around an altar. you got to leave the house saying, you know what, I'm no longer going to be cynical, pessimistic. I'm not going to uh, live in the doom and the gloom. I'm going to believe. There's going to be a smile on my face because I have joy unspeakable and full of glory. I am determined that I'm going to live every day. Oh, I'm, I'm going to tell you, it's going to be tested. Come tomorrow, somebody's going to say, eh, I don't know. You probably ought to uh, start making your plans, all this kind of You maybe ought to start uh, adjusting your mindset. Oh, no, 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 no. No, no, when it's all said and done, what happens daily is that I am going to trust the Lord. My motto scripture, I sign cards with it. I say it a lot. I, I end text with it. Psalms 27 and 13. I had fainted until I believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I'm not waiting to see it, to believe it. I'm going to believe it. And somehow, some way, what's going on in the spiritual it's one day going to happen in the physical, in the natural, and I'm going to see my prayers answered, and the answer is going to come to pass. The need 
the need that I have is going to meet the miracle at the threshold of faith. I'm healed. I'm healed. About 16 of you are healed. I said, I'm healed. I'm taken care of. I'm kept. It may happen tomorrow. It may not be till next year. But one day, my prayer time is going to be interrupted. Hallelujah. Because the answer is going to be knocking on the other side of the door. And I'm going to have to finally get up from praying and walk over there and kick the door open from the inside. Doors of doubt come down in Jesus' name. Doors of despondency come down in Jesus' name. Doors of despair, disease. Jesus, I'm ready for my divine interruption. I will keep praying and believing. And one day when I least expect it, that that I have waited for on the other side of the door will become reality. My God, I feel the Holy Ghost in this place. Bread's knocking for the hungry. Living water is knocking for the thirsty. Healing is knocking for the sick and afflicted. Joy is knocking for the depressed. Whatever you need, Jesus is knocking. He will not fling the door open. But you certainly can. He will not kick the door down. But you certainly can. What do you need? What do you have need of? Your need, I believe, can meet your miracle at the threshold of faith. The potential for interruption, it's been in the house since we got here. Yes. Why? Because Jesus is in the house. It's not complicated. They say, well, I haven't felt anything. Well, I'm telling you, I brought him to church with me. So I know he's in the house. And I'm looking at a, a boatload of people in this room that brought Jesus to church with them this morning. And some of you, if you brought Satan to church with you, hopefully he's been driven out of here by now. And he wasn't or she wasn't sitting in the passenger seat neither. I brought Jesus to church with me today. <laughs> I, I stand in front of a door. We pray, Aunt B, and then we get discouraged and nothing's happening. The Lord's going to show us one day when we get to heaven how many times we were so close to the door opening and the answer coming, but because we didn't 
tarry and linger and have determination, we walked away before the door ever opened. We've all been guilty of it. You cannot get weary. Pray without ceasing. But while you're praying, you have to be believing. You need to change your talk. Well, you don't know how bad I'm feeling. I didn't say it'd be easy. But you have to highlight the good things that God is doing for you. Because see, (laughs) you may be feeling horrible today, physically. But yet, you got in your car, you cranked it up, and it started. And it had gas. And it had heat. And you drove it to church. And you came in. And though you were feeling bad, you put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. You lifted up your hands and you worshiped the Lord. You're in a wonderful, you're amongst a wonderful group of people. 99.5% of us are going to go out of here and we're going to eat. And we're probably going to eat too much. Even those of you that don't feel good, you're probably still going to eat. Here's the point. The point is... You can choose to dwell on the negative or you can accentuate the positive. You can choose to live in the doldrums or you can say, you know what, at any moment, I'm going to kick down a door and my answer is going to be on the other side and it's going to come right on in. I have no idea what you need. Would you stand to your feet? I'm not going to ask you to close your eyes. If you're here and you don't know Jesus, this altar is open for you. And, and I can tell you right now, there's a guarantee that door is going to be open right now if you'll respond. But I don't know what you have need of. I don't. But I'm looking at people across this room. Some of you, I know the needs you have. Some of you, I don't. good portion of you, I don't. It don't matter whether I know it or not. God knows it. Could it be, could it be that your Simon Peter is standing at your door and he's knocking? Could it be that God is wanting you to just kind of change your approach? This moment, in these next few moments, God can heal of cancer. God God can heal marriages. Oh, yeah, absolutely. God can deliver from depression. God can give you that job you've been praying for for months. God can open up doors that you never dreamed or imagined. It can happen. This altar is filled with doors. You can't see them, but you don't need to. All you got to do is believe that for your door, the answer, the answer is right on the other side. Now the question is, are you gonna, are you gonna ignite your faith? Are you going to pray and believe? Are you going to pray and believe? Not enough to pray. If you leave and come to this altar and pray for your miracle, and yet you don't leave out of here, and you leave out of here, and you had the same negative disposition that you came with, you're wasting your time praying. You have to pray and believe. You have to believe to see the hand of God. Where are you? Is there 10, 20, 
30, 100 of you that say, I, I need something only God can give to me. And there's a door right in front of me. But I, I'm, I'm going to come. I'm going to come right now. I'm going to come right now. Come on. Come on. Come on. I'm going to come right now. I'm not just coming to pray. I'm not just coming to pray. I'm coming to believe. When I leave this altar today, I'm not just going to be a person of prayer. I'm going to be a person of belief. I'm going to speak it. I'm going to claim it. I'm going to declare it. I'm going to sing it. I'm going to pray it. Come on, lift your hands to him right now. Come on. Come on, there's others need to move. This is your direct obedience to the Holy Spirit right now because I know how God is directing. Your direct obedience right here, right now. I've got to come right now. Yes, there's a door in front of me. But I'm going to see in the spiritual what's about to happen in the natural. I'm getting ready to see in the spiritual and by the end of the day, the natural may become reality. It may be another week, it may be another month, but I'm telling you, I'm going to live like any moment there's going to be a divine interruption. The door is going to be kicked down and I'm going to see the miracle that I'm praying for. Come on, lift them up all over this house. Lift them up. 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 God touch her today.